With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good afternoon, everybody. Good evening, good morning, depending on what time zone and what country you're listening to. This is the Sheridan Show on BasketballNews.com, and I'm pleased to be joined by a guy I've worked with for a couple decades, including here in New York when he was running the New York Knicks. He's now up in Toronto on his third consecutive month of lockdown. Uh, it's Glenn, Glenn Grunwald, the uh, the president and CEO of Canada Basketball. But it's not all bad for, for Glenn because uh, Basketball Canada just released their roster for the Olympic qualifying tournament, which will be held in Victoria, British Columbia, um, later this summer. And Team Canada has 14 NBA players. Included among them are Andrew Wiggins, who's resisted playing for Team Canada in the past, and Kelly Olynyk, who shot a blistering 53% with the Houston Rockets after he was traded there from the Miami Heat. Uh, by the way, they could use him right now. Uh, also, on, also on the team is R.J. Barrett, who's having a, a fantastic series uh, for the New York Knicks against the Atlanta Hawks. And um, Let's get right into it, Glenn. Uh, let's start with Wiggins. Uh, Andrew has said in the past, uh, yeah, I might do it, I might, might do it, and then he never did it. Why this time is he uh, joining the National Federation? Well, each player has his own uh, personal decision to make, and with a little, you know, everyone has their own factors to include. Uh, but I think Andrew saw this as an opportunity to, you know, check something off his bucket list. Like, to play in the Olympics is a, is a tremendous opportunity, and you know, as you mentioned, we've got a pretty good team uh, and, you know, we got to play well, obviously, but this is a chance uh, for him to add to his legacy and play with some guys that he enjoys playing with. I mean, he's he's been a popular teammate of Canada basketball uh, for, for a long time and I'm sure he's missed a few times, but uh, so has other people. And, and it's uh, we're asking for big commitments from our players and, 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 and now's the right time for him to, to participate and we're really excited about it. And there's going to be, you know, Canada's not in yet. Canada has to qualify like a lot of good teams. Um, and there's a, a qualifying tournament uh, that's going to be held in Victoria, British Columbia. It'll have, consist of Canada, China, the Czech Republic, Greece, Turkey, and Uruguay. It's really one of the strongest qualifying tournaments out there. And uh, But Canada is, or it's, by, it's province by province, but... Canada's been in a long state of lockdown because uh, of a difficulty in getting their hands on COVID vaccinations. And FIBA, which runs international basketball, has been working with Basketball Canada to try to get this qualifier to come off. And what they've done is they've come up with a solution whereby athletes coming into Canada are exempt from the 14-day quarantine that most people are, uh, are under if they come to, back to Canada from overseas. Uh, and Glenn, can you just update us on the progress of that and uh, maybe the degree of difficulty that you've had uh, working with both FIBA and the Canadian government to to uh, come up with this quarantine exception rule? Yeah, well, the government did create a specific exception for these sorts of sporting events. It's called the Individual Single Sport Exemption. And this is ideally the Olympic qualifying tournament for basketball is one of those things. 
So basically uh, what we're doing is we're bringing all the players in on one day from all the various teams. We're putting them all in one hotel while they're quarantined for just two or three days. And then we'll be doing regular testing. So it'll be very safe for both the participants as well as the community at large. Uh, the only unfortunate thing right now is that we don't have fans in the stands, but British Columbia, the government out there that would control that, just announced a, a relaxing of some standards uh, like that, uh, increasing the size of indoor gatherings. So we're hopeful that we'll be able to figure out a way to get some fans in the stands and bring home a little bit of that home court advantage, the re whole reason why we went, went out to, and got this tournament. And I'm um, going back to the roster now and just looking it over. It's a very strong roster. Uh, Kelly Olenek is not even listed as a center because he doesn't have to be. Tristan Thompson is going to play uh, center. And Ken Birch, who uh, actually outplayed Wendell Carter Jr. Uh, toward the end of the season for the Orlando Magic, is, is also on the roster, uh, as well as Dwight Powell from the Dallas Mavericks, who's also listed as a forward. But, you know, we, we've all seen Dwight play center for the Mavericks. So, when you look at the roster, Glenn, and you see all that size, um, is that something where you're just putting together the best available roster or you're scheming uh, to be able to defeat uh, a team like Greece in your qualifier and then have a shot against a team like Team USA, which won't necessarily have as many centers as you will? Yeah. No, we uh, we looked at who our competition is, what their likely rosters will be. And, and one of the things that Coach Nurse remarked upon is how big these other teams are. They have really size all across the board. So, so we wanted to be able to, uh, you know, match that size when needed. Uh, you know, the FIBA game's a little more physical. It's, and, and I think we've got some guys that can bang in that game. And like you mentioned, Kelly Olenek is such a versatile player. I, it was always, he was always called like, he's a better FIBA player than is an NBA player. Well, He's always been a good NBA player. He has always been sort of pigeonholed maybe more in a, in a role for his NBA teams. But you saw it when he got traded to Houston from Miami, how, you know, what, what sort of a skill level he's, he has and what he can produce when he's given the chance. So, so we're, we're, we're very excited about Kelly's participation as well because he is not only a physical player but also a very skilled and talented one. And uh, Rowan Barrett, uh, R.J. Barrett's father, uh, I covered Rowan on a, on a bunch of Team Canada's. He was a part of some really terrific Team Canada teams, especially the one at the Sydney Olympics. Uh, he's now the general manager and executive vice president of the men's program. He's taken over from Steve Nash, who dropped that role when he took over the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Canada basketball did announce that uh, training camp is going to be held in the new capital of Canada, which is Tampa, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Raptors laughed too, and uh, at least a couple of them came home with really savage tans, but you know, <laughs> 72 road games for all intents and purposes. Um, Glenn, what, why Tampa and why not someplace in Canada? Well, it's that same 14-day quarantine period that's required when anyone comes into the country. Uh, so we had we would be having NBA players come back to Canada, and then they'd be required to quarantine for 14 days. There is no exemption right now uh, for just the training camps and things of that nature. So, so that's why it was necessary for us to go to the states. Now our women's team is down there using the Raptors' uh, temporary facilities uh, for their own uh, preparation for the Women's America Championship in San Juan, Puerto Rico next month, and the Olympics. Uh, and so, you know, the Raptors have been great partners of Canada basketball and very supportive. And so 
given that we were already down there, that we decided to use the same facility. And obviously, Coach Nurse is very familiar with it, too. So it's very convenient for him as well. I want to go down the list of the guys on your roster. Um, a lot of these guys, there's 14 guys who are in the NBA, but there's other guys who have been in the NBA and are doing things elsewhere. Kyle Alexander plays for uh, Fuenlabrada in, Sp- in Spain. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, we all know from the New Orleans Pelicans, and R.J. Barrett's on the Knicks. Trey Bell Haynes plays in Germany. He's a 6'2 guard. Anthony Bennett uh, has a, a history in the NBA. He was the number one overall pick. Uh, O'Shea Brissett is playing for the Indiana Pacers. Dylan Brooks and Brandon Clark are doing pretty good things for the Memphis Grizzlies, who are still alive in the playoffs. Aaron Dornacamp plays for Tenerife in Spain. Uh, he won the geography lottery. Uh, it's not a bad place to expect this season. <laughs> Lugens Dort uh, plays for the Oklahoma City Thunder. He learned how to shoot this season. He got one third-place vote in the Most Improved Player uh, Award voting. I know who that guy is because he gave me a ride to the Nick game the other night. Melvin Ejim plays in Montenegro for Budoknost. Corey Joseph has been in the NBA for about 18,000 years. He's now with the Detroit Pistons, but spent a lot of time with the San Antonio Spurs, uh, which is also the team that that uh, is the home of Trey Lyles. He's on your roster. Michael Mulder, Golden State Warriors. Andrew Nicholson, playing for the Fujian Sturgeons in China, but um, has has played a lot of, uh, of, of NBA basketball. Andrew Nebhard uh, is your... Your 6'5 shooting guard from, from Gonzaga. Uh, they happened to have a pretty good season last year until they ran into Baylor. Uh, and we've mentioned Kelly Olynyk, Dwight Powell, Tristan Thompson, and Andrew Wiggins. Um, Glenn, you're loaded. Um, you're loaded, but obviously the trick is going to be getting past Greece and a couple of those other teams. China's, you know, usually a pretty good national team in the qualifying tournament. And, uh, you know, FIBA has changed the qualification rules from time to time, and they've changed the competition rules this year in Tokyo. You're only going to play six games over the course of uh, of the Olympics, which is about 17 days. Let's assume that things go well and Canada qualifies for the Olympics. Um, what's your reading on what's it going to be like for the athletes uh, over in Japan? Right now, we're only 2% of the population is vaccinated against COVID-19, and there's a lot of public resistance toward uh, actually uh, having this event. Yeah, no, everything we hear about Tokyo and the Olympics is that it's going forward. We know already that foreign fans are not going to be allowed. So if fans are allowed, and it's still uncertain whether they'll be allowed in the game to watch the games in the venues, uh, there'll be, you know, Japanese fans, so sort of an a, a independent uh, crowd there. So it'll be probably a little bit different than a normal Olympics. Uh, we're staying in the uh, athletes village, which is uh, again very strictly controlled. Another bubble, uh, so it'll be uh, probably a little bit different experience than than you know previous Olympics for our athletes, and uh, but hopefully it'll be a great a good one. I mean, uh, I mean they'll still be able to be with their team and and develop that camaraderie and, and share hopefully a very successful and and proud experience uh, representing Canada in the Olympics and and doing well there. Yeah, Olympic Village is in Tokyo Bay. Um, haven't covered Canada basketball quite a bit. I, I covered them when they beat Puerto Rico in Puerto Rico to qualify for the Sydney Olympics. Uh, and then I traveled with the Canadian national team uh, to Honolulu, uh, where they played the United States in an exhibition game. And rather than playing the Canadian national anthem, whoever had those duties played Beethoven's Ode to Joy. 
Uh, <laughs> uh, Doug Smith would know that story, and Steve Nash and Rowan Barrett know that story because they were listening and they're like, "Hey, wait a minute, this is not our." <laughs> and talking with well, the Canadian coaching staff afterwards, they're like, "You know, y'all are lucky we're from Canada because if if you do that against a European team and play the wrong anthem." They walk out of the arena and then you've got, you know, 17,000 people saying, hey, what the hell happened to our basketball? <laughs> yeah. The Canadians are a little more understanding, but uh, you're right. It was, uh, it was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, so in, in talking with Coach Nurse, um, where are you setting the ceiling for this team? Uh, is the ceiling a gold medal in Tokyo or is the ceiling a little bit lower? You know, it's... Uh, when you get into the medal round, I mean, we have a tough uh, uh, preliminary round. We're matched up with uh, France and the USA. Uh, so the top two teams from each bubble plus, each, each group there goes on plus one, two of the other third place teams. So, you know, we're going to have a, a tough go to, in, in the medal round. But I think, you know, we're, we're there to win it. You know, we're not there to, to you know, just to make it make it to the Olympics. So, and then if you can make it into the medal round, then it's, you know, it's March Madness. It's single elimination. It's one game. And, and, and who's to say what can happen? And, uh, you know, I think we've got enough, enough talent and enough uh, competitiveness and enough desire that, you know, we could wind up uh, winning a medal. And, and that medal might as well be gold if we're going to try for a medal. He's Glenn, Glenn Grunwald. He's uh, the president and CEO of Canada Basketball. Uh, I wanted to put in a plug. If you go to basketball.ca, um, you'll see that the, the Canadian Federation is putting on a, a super uh, clinic. This is for coaches and for referees and for anybody else who wants to kind of tune in and uh, sort of hear from uh, the top uh, basketball players and officials and, and refs uh, around Canada. Uh, it's a teaching moment. And all the national federations uh, do events like this. Um, and Glenn, in Canada, basketball has become a very, very strong number two uh, to hockey, but especially in the Ontario area. Um, we keep seeing uh, Canadian players come out in the first round. Um, very skilled, very athletic uh, combination of the two. Um, and, and, and it's a different generation. It's the kids of it's Rowan Barrett's kids generation. Um <clears throat> But how many more guys are in the pipeline, guys? Uh, you know, you just put 14 NBA players on your Olympic roster, and, and but, you know, you did put 19 professional players on your roster. Uh, what's coming down the road? How are your uh, under-18, under-16 teams doing in FIBA competitions? Well, we, had, uh, we have a good group. Uh, I mean, we're really excited about our next-gen athletes. Uh, we just had a call last night as our under-19 World Cup team is being assembled. And we think we have eight or nine NBA players in that in that group right now. Um, you know, uh, I'm not going to name names because I probably shouldn't do that. But but we're really excited about our prospects. And and you mentioned the the coaching clinic, the the uh, super clinic that's coming up this weekend. Uh, you know, FIBA has ranked our coaching education system as the third best in the world. And I think that's reflected in uh, the success we're having uh, by placing our coaches in the NBA and professional leagues around the world, but also in the players that we're producing. Uh, so we've, 
we've got a long-term athlete development model that you know we were you know trying to get buy-in from everyone so that we're training properly we're not overextending or causing unnecessary injuries for for these young athletes and giving them a chance to be successful and and approach it in a very positive way from a mental perspective as well because you know uh, so many kids drop out of sports because it no longer becomes fun it becomes too much pressure so so we're really focused on the long-term success of our athletes and you know canada basketball has had its up and downs i think probably the highlight was was around 2000 uh when they won their group in sydney uh things didn't work out the in the medal round but but man that was a dominant team and winning against Puerto Rico in Puerto Rico in a little bandbox of a gym was something to see. I covered that game and I still can't quite <laughs> get a handle on how it's how epic of a moment that was. Um, but the Canada players were, were pretty cool about it. Um, still remember Steve Nash and, and Rowan Barrett <clears throat> found the last vendor in the building and said, how many beers do you have left in that thing? Because we're, <laughs> celebrating, a, we're celebrating a tournament victory and, um, we're the only ones here and we, you know, we just, whatever you got, we'll take. And I think they, they got about 12 beers and there was enough for everybody on the team to have one. And, um, you know, that's why I love covering international basketball. You see guys, you know, in far flung places and you see incredible stuff happen. And plus the game is called differently. Like you said, it's a lot more physical. Um, some coaches have said it resembles another Olympic sport, which is called Greco Roman wrestling. Um, and, Players on Team USA who have not been used to the physicality of it have had a, a tough time adjusting. But if you've come up in FIBA or if you've come up in USA basketball or Canada basketball and you've played in uh, some of these U19 or U17 or U16 events, you get used to it. But the games are certainly called differently. Um, again, he's Glenn Grunwald. He's the president and CEO of Canada basketball. Glenn, I want to thank you for coming on the show uh, and wish you the best of luck in, in having everything go smoothly both out in Victoria, British Columbia for the Olympic qualifier. Hopefully they let fans in uh, because these games are so much more exciting when uh, <clears throat> when there are fans watching. We're seeing that uh, at Madison Square Garden these last uh, this past week with the Knicks playing the Hawks. I was there Wednesday night. The, the crowd is absolutely nuts, and they've been cooped up for 14 months, so they got a lot to, to let out. I met yeah. people in B.C. are sort of the same way. It, it was only so long you can sit home and be cooped up and – when you do get out uh, and start enjoying basketball or enjoying life the way you're used to it, uh, it it's it's quite liberating. Yeah, no, it's uh, well. Thanks for having me on, Chris. Yeah, it's exciting times for basketball in Canada. As I mentioned, our women's team is ranked fourth in the world, and we're hopefully going to have a medal brought back from Tokyo by them. And then we also have three-on-three -three basketball this year is an Olympic sport, and our. Our men's three-on-three uh, -three team is trying to qualify for the Olympics right now in Australia. Australia, they're two and zero so far in the tournament. So fingers are crossed that we'll have three teams over there, and we can really make Canada proud. Yeah, I'm kind of excited to see that three three-on-three. -three. It's a new Olympic sport, and I, I'm, I've been made aware of that tournament that's going on in Austria. They play these games outdoors, and they play them in front of fans. Um, and the teams play a bunch of games on, on one day. You don't just play one game per day. Sometimes you can play three or four. And it's a it's a new Olympic sport. Uh, Rick Barry's kid is playing for the American team. Um, I'm I'm told that there are some European teams that play this a lot better than they play five on five. So we'll yeah, see. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. Yeah. We had a rain delay yesterday, actually, Chris. 
So <laughs> just like baseball. Uh, so so our, our second game was was delayed for a while. So yeah, kind of funny. I think the it's Raptors had, the Raptors had rain delays at both Sky Dome and Maple Leaf Gardens before those teams uh, those two. <laughs> yeah, I think so. We shut down, and uh, you you never know weather can weather can uh, play a play a role in basketball. I think people still remember the Miami San Antonio NBA Finals game where the air conditioning <clears throat> broke. <laughs> oh boy. Yet, although it probably didn't break, it was probably a way to get LeBron James to cramp up. And uh, Pop will put that one in his book when when he's ready to write his book. And you know, to bring up a familiar name, Popovich will be coaching Team USA at the at the Tokyo Olympics, and we'll be there with BasketballNews.com. Um, it, it's a great website. It's a new website. Uh, check us out not only for our podcast content, uh, which is spectacular. Rex Chapman has a great show. Kenyon Martin. James Posey uh, do great shows. The managing editor Alex Kennedy does a a show. Nikias Dunkus does the Duncan does the Dunker Spot. Uh, Dishes and Dimes is a, one of our shows out of Canada. Uh, we got a lot of people working up there that are still on lockdown. And uh, my producer Brian Fritz does it does keeping it ninety four with Spencer Davies. So check out basketballnews.com, not only for the for the podcast but for the written content as well. Um, we got we got a heck of a staff, and uh, we're going to be the number one basketball website out there before you know it. So again, Glenn, thanks for coming on the show. I want to show a, throw a shout out to my producer Brian Fritz for being available on this uh, Friday afternoon. And uh, Glenn, I'll, I I really hope to see you in Tokyo. I know I'm going to be there. I don't have to qualify, but you do. So <laughs> okay, all right. Well, that'd be great, Chris. Always a pleasure. Take care, my friend. Thanks very much, Glenn.